When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to C-Red UK, where quite simply, the Chicago Bulls scene. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network, where if you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the bell, give us a thumbs up and leave us some comments. We enjoy having to read them. I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, um, obviously I did mention in the last pod that I was off work this week, as you can tell by my different background. No truck. No, uh, and yeah, it's I find it more stressful being at home, as I was saying to you last night. So, hence why we're recording on a Thursday morning because we just haven't had the time. But we're here now, and that's all that matters. Exactly. Uh, I know you've been having the same sort of problems with kids, schools, and yeah, um, this is normally the only time of day that I get a bit of downtime. Um, the kids are gone. Uh, Thursdays, my wife works in Dublin. We're recording this on a Thursday, so this is where I get my little bit of me time, and I'm spending it talking to you. So, <laughs> well, I'm the same. I've managed to kick my wife out this morning, so. Uh, not for good, unfortunately. No. But um, you do love them, really. <laughs> yeah, they, they just test us. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on with the uh, on with the episode. Obviously, latest news, and we're going to start where we do all the time: international bulls. Well, not all the time, but recently, anyway. International bulls. Uh, unfortunately, it's over <laughs> for for the bulls players. Anyway, obviously, yeah. the World Cup's still going on. Down to the semi-final, semi-final stage now. I think to the start today. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who's in them today. Is it Serbia and somebody? Anyway, um, and Team USA against my Germans tomorrow. I think. So anyway, yeah, Bulls. They finish was it over the weekend. Start of this week. I'm lost track of days now. Anyway. Um, Carla Jones obviously finished with South Sudan. I think they've qualified for their first Olympics as well on the back That's of right. it uh, from their classification game or their classification group. And Carla Jones, obviously, five games what he ended up playing throughout the tournament. And he looked good, as we've said time and time again. He looks good. Um, the level of opposition, not so good. You know, Angola and I can't remember who they played in the game before it. Philippines. Yeah, that was it. And uh, I think he took away three player of the games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he played five games, 
put up 102 points, 24 rebounds, 52 assists, 6 steals, 3 double-doubles. It was 48% from the field, 41% from 3, and 78% from the line. So, not a bad, not a bad little outing for him. Nice. Uh, good campaign. Yeah. And obviously, good debut campaign for South Sudan as well. Yeah. You know, um, I believe he's already back in America um, from looking at his Insta. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get minutes for Bulls as um, Bulls Nation went into overdrive with. But anyway, we're not going to go over our opinion on him again. No. Because you've all heard it. And obviously the other ball, Nikola Vucevic. He finished, obviously, five games as well. Uh, their classification games was Greece and... I can't remember the other one. It's time gone by. But he, five games, 133 minutes, 99 points, 44 rebounds, six assists, seven steals, eight blocks, 52% from the field, 40% from three, and 94% from the line. Certainly, again. alongside Karlik, stand out in the early rounds. But again, the level of opposition. Um, obviously, a lot of people panicking about Vooch, how fit he's going to be going into the season, how long he can last, basically. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Like, you know, we talked about this briefly before, but if anything, it's, it's you know, he's gone through the World Cup and come out of it without an injury. So that's good. And apart from that, the only other thing it's going to do is affect his, his fitness. But it's going to affect it in a positive way. He's kept yeah. going. He's, he's, it's like doing workouts, except for it's been that little bit more competitive. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, you get all these fans that say they want to see players do it on the NBA court. They want to see, you know, when you put up these videos of them working out in an empty gym. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's basically a competitive workout for a minute. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's got his legs under him now. He's got, what, a month off until training camp starts. Right. So he's got enough time to go on his holidays and do whatever else he needs to do, basically. And then he should be raring to go for training camp. You know, he's already geared up, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? Same as Carly. It's, you know, to me, it's, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Next bit of news. Obviously, we saw the return of the worm to the United Centre. Yep. Uh, was it AEW wrestling? Yeah. We have got no interest in wrestling whatsoever, but... No, I'm not a wrestling guy either. No, I do have an interest in... I think my arm's right, whichever way it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as I've time and time said, behind MJ is probably my favourite all-time bull. So it's good to see him back at the UC. Uh, it was in a positive. Um, he was in. It seemed in a positive sort of headspace with it all, didn't he? You know, yeah. he loved the city. He hopes that Chicago fans love him and the, the work that he did, which is obvious they do. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah. I think he knows that as well. Um, and it, even what now we nearly thirty years on from. Well, 25 years on from when he, he last played, you know, Bulls fans still love him and they've still got that, you know, he, he is up there with MJ and Pip, isn't he? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know if you, what you had to say on that. 
No, I mean, it was a bit of fun, wasn't it? I mean, it was typical Rodman, just suddenly out of the blue, just decided to drop the fact that he was going to be returning to wrestling and returning to the UC. And um, then he got all emotional afterwards, talking about how much uh, he, he played for the city, how much he loved the city. And, and I, I mean, Chicago fans are going to lap that up anyway. And then you throw into the fact that it's Dennis freaking Rodman and they're going to lap it up even more. I mean, he's such a character. He's so beloved um, across pretty much all of Bulls Nation, if not the entirety of Bulls Nation. Um, Rodman was just one of the outstanding characters of this Bulls franchise and, and always will be. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that opens up the next conversation, a topic that you want to get into about Rodman, but uh, I'll leave that to you to, to throw out there. What is that the the trivia? No, the jersey. Oh, well, there's retired. a lot of talk now about whether or not Rodman's jersey needs to be lifted into the rafters. Yeah, I mean, before we go on to that, there was one more thing from from him being in Chicago. Was did you see the choke slam whilst wearing Crocs? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know you're a big fan of. <laughs> yeah. I, I I can't get on board with the Crocs thing, and all the kids in the club uh, where I train, where I where I coach, they all wear them. They wear them. They play basketball in them when they're training and warming up, and they wear them with socks. I just don't get it. It's just maybe maybe I'm too old. Maybe it's all it's all passed me by. Maybe, but I just can't, I can't get on board with it at all. But look, if anyone's going to make it look cool, Rodman will. And if it's not Rodman, it's Demar Derozan. Yeah, Demar for a random workout in them. So, if Demar can play basketball in them, yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> it's not exactly a, a bad promotion for Crocs, is it? But no, yeah. On to the um, the jersey retirement. Um, we've spoke about it before. I think we have. Uh, he's obviously up there with sort of Joachim and uh, D Rose as the ones that. Bulls fans want to see retired next, basically. Yeah. And we've spoke about jersey retirements before in the sense that, I, well, personally, I like the fact that Bulls have only got four retired. You know, because it you have to have done something to have that honour. And the four that have, obviously have. And that's where the question comes in. who Who deserves it? You know, or does anyone else deserve it? Um, right. The thing with Rodman is his character in it. I think it's his character that sort of goes before him rather than what he did on the court. And people forget that he was a champion before he came to Bulls as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then he won the three rings with Bulls. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of went, oh, Dennis Rodman. Um but to me, you've got a Bulls as a as a franchise have got to they've got to do something for Rodman because mm -hmm. he is a huge part of it. You know, a bigger part than anybody we've seen since that. You know that that final three peak. So whether it's a jersey retirement or I don't know the the name of wing of the UC after him or some little statue or something. To me, they've got to immortalise him somewhere. Right. And I think he's shown at the weekend how much he would appreciate that as well. Definitely. 
100%. You can see how much it means to him. Um, I, I, I know he wears his heart on his sleeve anyway. I mean, half the time he's he's a bit of an emotional wreck and always was. But it would just, to immortalise in that way, some way, in the UC, it really would mean mean an awful lot to him. And and I think he is a troubled soul. And a lot of the time, little things like that will give him such a massive lift. Yeah. Um, but for me, if you were talking about naming a wing or giving him a statue, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to do a statue, you have to make it um, with changeable hair. Not that they'd be changing the hair around, but some sort of lighting or something that the hair colours change or something like that. I just think that would be, you know, it's got, it can't just be a straight up statue. It's Dennis. Yeah. It has to be something different. And I think something like that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously with technology these days as well, there's, you know, even if it was a, some sort of a screen, welcoming, yeah. you know, where, like you say, you could change his hair or, yeah, you know, just have different pictures of him sort of going round and round and just, just something that, like you say, immortalizes him at the UC. Um, but obviously you've got some fans that probably, well, obviously different areas of fans in there, shall we say, mm-hmm. where, you know, some of them grew up where all they know is Joaquin Noah, D Rose is, is the players that need to be. So I get it. It's, you know, time's gone on. If they were going to do it, maybe they should have done it sooner. But, mm. For me, Rodman's legacy lives on. You know, he's still seen as the greatest rebounder and all that. Rodman yeah. might argue different, but you know, that's that's a whole different episode altogether. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the last bit of news: uh, it was announced yesterday that Bulls Media Day and training camp would start on the second of October, mm-hmm. which is a Monday. Uh, they're going to have media day in Chicago on the 2nd before flying down to Nashville to have the first week of training camp uh, at university down there from the 3rd to the 7th. And then the first preseason game is on the 8th in Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, so it's getting real. It is. Forward to. That's, that, that was a big thing for me out of it all. Is we can finally... You know, basically, whip me up when September ends now, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, you know, obviously, media day, you know, it's, it, to me, that's the start of the season. You know, yeah, you've still got another, what, two, three weeks after that, before it. Yeah. But, um, and then the idea of going to Nashville, a bit of a random place to go, but other teams do it. Uh, I think Lakers go to Hawaii, which, again, <laughs> different to Nashville. But I like the idea that they're, they're taking it out of Chicago for a week. Um... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I like the idea they're taking it out of Chicago for the week. Um, that little bit of... I think it brings them closer together. You know, the, the road, I know they spend a lot of time on the road as it is, but you know, you've got new guys to welcome in with obviously Carter, Craig, Phillips, all that. And I think it 
if they're not worrying about going home straight after it, they get that bond straight yeah. away together. Um, as I know it's apparently something that's been talked about, according to Casey Johnson, um, mm-hmm. for a few years of taking training camp on the road. You know, so to me, yeah, good idea. And hopefully it has a different effect on how we've seen training camps in the last, you know, basically continuity, you know, getting them uh, all back together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, look, anything that can make this team closer, gel, play better, I'm I'm good with it all. Let's let's try everything. I'm I'm glad to see them trying different things. Uh, more on for it. Something's obviously not quite been right. If this puts us a step closer to correcting that or making them, I, I don't know, work that little bit better together as a, as a unit, then yeah, try it. See what happens. If it works out, all the better. Fantastic. We'll be calling them um, absolute heroes for coming up with the idea in the first place, but. It's about yeah. time. I like the idea of the fact that there's quite a few kind of, I know there's only, we've only got two new signings, but there's still quite a few young guys that perhaps feel separated slightly from the older guys. And I think this helps to, uh, to bring them all together as, as a tight unit. And if they're a unit off the floor, then hopefully that means there'll be an even better unit on the floor too. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, Carter and Craig are the main, the main ones, obviously alongside Phillips. But then you still got um, OB, as we now know we can call him, Sonogo mm-hmm. and um, Justin Lewis, obviously on the two ways that can benefit them as well. You know, obviously should have really dropped that in the latest news as well, but um, on Rap Bittim is now in Chicago, um, yep. as was announced by Bulls back in the last week. Um, and yeah, so to me, I don't have an issue with them taking it away for you know. I know the media guys are a little bit put out by it because they're not going to be as heavily involved as as they, they would be if they was in Chicago. I guess a few of them, Casey Johnson, maybe he'll travel down with them and stuff like that. But you know, it is what it is, isn't it? It's it's about it's not about us seeing what they're doing. It's about them working on what they need to work on. So right. That's how I look at it. Um, at the end of the day, the first chance we'll get to see what they've been working on, apart from what Bulls put out themselves, is going to be on the 8th against Milwaukee. So, yep. yeah, uh, that's all the latest sort of catch-up bits. And we're going to the main part of the episode. And we're going to carry on with our predictions. And we're going to drop three players this week. Yep. Starting with Alex Caruso. Now, um, I mean, nobody else gave us their predictions for our expectations for uh, the last two that we did. <laughs> so hopefully people might jump in the comments and give us them for this one. Um, yeah, Alex Crusoe is a box score watcher nightmare, isn't he? Yeah, he is, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, because people will always say, well, I want to see him do this. I want to see him do that. And when you watch him, it's not his game. No. You know, but it's a hard one to give expectations for because we can all say, I want to see him hit 
four threes a game or take four threes a game or I want to see him do this. But he's that one player that can come up with no points, you know, hardly any assists or whatever, mm-hmm. but still be the player of the game. Right. Because of everything else that he does. Off the box score, basically. Um, obviously, last year, getting NBA uh, first-team all-defence, huge honour for him. And I kind of feel that's, that's your level of expectation for him now. Um, you know, he's definitely got to be up there in contention again. Yeah. That, that's my expectations for him. Um, because you can't... When a player hits that sort of level, to me, they've got to stay at that level, mm-hmm. or or in contention anyway. Pointless him having. I mean, I'm not going to say. I'm not saying he's going to, but it's pointless him having that season, and then all of a sudden disappearing in terms of defense. Obviously, you would like to see his offensive side take a step as well, because at the end of the day, they're out there to score points just as much as they are stopped points um, and we have seen with Caruso that he can do it as well that's that's the thing with him isn't it um, mm-hmm. you know in the Miami game in the playing he was he was on fire wasn't he from three yeah. and but I think if you try and make him improve too much on the offensive end you're probably taking away from his defensive end um, I know you, you want your ideal sort of two-way players and stuff like that. But to me, there's no rush for him to to improve on the offensive end. They've, they've put other pieces in that are going to help the Bulls do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, another thing is I don't want to see him playing at the four. I definitely don't want to see him starting at the four. No. I know officially, well, technically, he's not really the four when he's out there. He's just another guard, isn't he? Um, yeah. And yeah, as we've said before, I'm happy with him coming off the bench. To me, that's his perfect role. Whether he can push on to be like in contention for sixth man, as everyone else says before every season, I think for him to do that, he's got to be better offensively. Yeah, I agree. Um, because them sort of awards are just awarded on offense, aren't they? So before I do my prediction, what's your um? expectations for him yeah I mean I think it's pretty much um same same as last year but and and this is the same as last year also but stay healthy um the big problem with with Caruso and his style of play it it isn't the fact that it, it it affects the game we know it affects the game like you say box score watchers nightmare he can look like he's the worst player on the floor if you look at the box score but if you if you go on the eye test, he could possibly be the person that swings the game, mm. um, and and that happened not on one occasion but numerous occasions throughout the course of the season. But the big problem with Alex Caruso was the way he plays, the way he attacks and and puts his body on the line. You know you're not going to get eighty two out of him, and the question becomes: Well, how much do you expect to get? And I think kind of the 60 to 65 game mark is about a good kind of stab to go for. Um, So I guess my expectations for him are to try and get between the 65 and 70 game mark, because that's above what 
we kind of do expect from him. So in my opinion, that's an improvement. But then if he does get to that point, does that mean he's taken the foot off the pedal a little bit in regards to the way he plays? I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard one. He's a very, very difficult player to um, to nail down in regards to score and expectations. And, and by score, I mean a, a rating, a grade. Um, he's just one of those really tough players to to, to mark down. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it's about health with, with Crusoe because I think the rest of it's just going to come. He is what he is offensively. I mean, maybe drive into the ring a little bit more, scoring a few points that way. I don't know that he's going to improve his his distance shooting too much. He seems quite reluctant to shoot it a lot of the time too because he knows that that's lacking in his game. Um, but play all out on defence, affect the game. I mean, you're he, he's a second coach really, um, both on the floor and off the floor. And um, if he can just if he can just stay healthy, that's the big thing for me. More games. Yeah, and I mean, while you were talking, then when I don't know exactly what it was you said, but the first thing that came into my head when you said it was Dennis Rodman. Yeah, he's you know you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, as you knew what you were going to get from Rodman. You know, obviously Rodman missed games for different reasons to what <laughs> from his games, but. Um, <laughs> You know, he's just that sort of player that if you watch the game, you're going to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Because, especially in Chicago as well, you know, because he, he plays that tough, gritty, you know, he's going to put his body on the line for the team. As we've seen, as you mentioned, that's where the health comes in. And, I mean, apart from obviously the Grayson Allen incident, he's not really had a a serious injury, has he? Do you know what I mean? He's always no. niggly, niggly little injuries that just seem to linger mm-hmm. around. And, you know, you might get three, four games where he's like, oh, yeah, he's, he's looking good. And then it's uh, his foot strains come up again or his, his back injuries come up again. And That's it. You know, that that's to me why I don't want to see him at the four and I don't want to see him starting because I think, you're putting too much pressure on him. You're putting too much pressure on his body to go up against these bigger guys. And you know he's going to do it, and you know he's going to do it well. Yeah. But surely it's easier for him to guard your six foot four point guard or your shooting guard or whatever, do you know what I mean? Rather than a six foot eight man mountain that's just going to run over you. Right. Or bigger in the case of Yanis. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. it's a, so to me, I don't want to see him in that position because I think we'll get the best out of him if he's not in that position. Right. Um, Prediction-wise, I mean, obviously, last year he come close with a lot of people, sort of unsung hero. Um, I think Casey Johnson actually said he was going to be the unsung hero for this season. Yeah. Um, Grade-wise, is to me, if, the Caruso we know turns up. You're looking around a, a low A, high B, I think, because he is just that important to the team mm-hmm. without people actually fully realising it, hence the unsung hero sort of thing. So uh, I'm going to go for a solid B plus um, as my sort of early prediction for him. Um, 
as to what everyone kind of votes in for at the end of the season. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. Um, I have him marked as an A minus. Um, very, very similar. It's 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 like that. I think we know what we're getting from him, and we know how it affects the team and how it affects the game. So an an A minus is what I've gone for for him. And if he gets from sixty five to seventy games, like I've said, I hope he does then I would be prepared to up that to an A straight up. Yeah, and I think the reason why it's difficult is because, I mean, that's what we, we see him being. But mm-hmm. Bulls Nation, when we put the vote out, they do say, well, he didn't score any points in this game. He didn't do this, he didn't do that. And that's what we've just basically covered, in it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, personally... That's what I think. Um, it could be that low end day, but because of the box score watchers that might vote, that kind of brings him brings him down. But anyway, we're going to our ad read for our partner USA Sports. USA Sports is a UK based sports merchandise retailer. They cover everything from the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, as well as Formula One. From hats to hoodies, there's something for fans, for uh, something for everyone, from Chicago Bulls to Team Red Bull and everywhere in between. So check them out on all the socials and the website usasports.co.uk and at checkout, enter the code CREDUK for 15% off. That's CREDUK for 15% off. And if you do check them out, they also have some links with some some other some other groups and in fact sponsor some big teams over here in the UK, mm-hmm. wise and NFL wise and stuff like that. They're quite well in there, so yeah, check them out. USASports.co.uk. And I have to say as well, I um, ordered something off them there recently, and it was a, a little bit too big for me, and I sent it back and. The process of getting returns is also very, very well handled, and I'm expecting it to be delivered later on this afternoon. Flex. Flex. <laughs> well, not a great flex. <laughs> it is for them, not for you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, continuing with our player expectations, we're going to move on to another new ball, mm-hmm. Tory Brig. As we mentioned with uh, Obi and Javon Carter last week, hard to sort of hard to do when we haven't seen him in a Bulls uniform. Obviously, Tory Craig is somebody we have seen in different uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like the signing for a start. He was somebody that I dropped in a couple of the chats that I could see Bulls looking at. He mentioned at Bulls Fest as well, I can't remember who it was he was speaking to, possibly the um, Bulls Talk podcast, where he said it's something that's been in the pipeline for a couple of years, but I haven't managed to get it over the line. And obviously now they have. So it's obviously somebody that AK has been looking at. Obviously, his first place was Denver Nuggets in the league. And I guess that's where Ray K knows him from and maybe yeah. why he's kept tabs on him. Um, 
underwhelming signing, as we've said before, for a lot of Bulls Nation. Personally, like I say, I like it. You know, he's he's only going into year seven, eight in the league. So not not quite a veteran in the terms of that, especially for his age as well, because obviously he's early thirties. But the way he come into the league, having to go into Europe, coming to Europe first off, or Australia, wherever he was, um, to then get his tryout at summer league, you know, to me, he's that sort of player that he's had. He's like Caruso, basically, in the fact that he hasn't had that normal path into the NBA, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes him hard. You know, whatever spot he gets on this Bulls team, whether it is starter coming off the bench, he's not going to want to give that up because it, to me, he's got that mentality of I've had to earn this spot, you know, and yeah. hopefully it pushes P Will on as well because he wants P Will's spot, you know, right. he don't. Yeah, that P. Will's only going into year four. You know, he's had probably had to work harder than P. Will to get to where he is now. You know, because of going, you know, undrafted and stuff like that. And to me, that can only be a good thing, and it can only be a good thing for P. Will as well, and the, and the team in general because it brings a different mentality to it, and. You know, yeah, he had a career year last year in the same way that Javon Carter did in terms of three-point attempts and percentage and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, people saying, if they've had a career year, why doesn't a team like Suns or Bucks, obviously for Carter, keep them on? And I think it just basically comes down to the teams probably couldn't afford to keep them. I know we've got them on lesser deals, but if they were going to stay in Milwaukee or Phoenix, would they want more money? Because they're already there, they're already settled. You know, and it's basically Phoenix and Milwaukee saying, right, you know, go find a deal somewhere else and see what you get. Um, in terms of expectations, I expect him to be pushing for that starting role, at least, as I've just said. Um, but I don't want to see him get it. That's not my. That's not necessarily an expectation. It's I'd rather see P. Will have that starting role. Um, because P. Will needs it. I I expect Tory Craig to be able to push P. Will all the way though, and make a decent competition. Um, you know we've already seen Tory Craig sort of working out in his Bulls gear and stuff like that. Different sort of pro runs and all that sort of stuff. And I think he's, when you listen to what he said in them interviews at Bulls Fest as well, he's, he wants to be here. He wants to, he thinks that he can make a difference to this Bulls team. Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of confidence I like in the player. And, you know, I'm kind of expecting him maybe 15 minutes or so off the bench and just basically come on and be what we want people to be, basically. Just putting up threes and a defensive dog. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, you know, I'm not going to say what sort of numbers I want to see him hit, 
But if he can come off the bench and throw up four, five threes, hitting two or three of them, I'm happy with that. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Bulls Nation will be happy with it. And the thing is, if he is with that second unit of like Kobe White, Andre Drummond, stuff like that, if he puts up four or five threes, you know that Drummond's going to be there for the rebound, hopefully. And whether Drummond puts it back or kicks it out to Kobe White or straight back out to Tory Craig, you, it just offers that what we haven't seen, basically. And it offers what we want to see from P. Will. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's where I sort of expect him to be, sort of around 15 minutes off the bench and just basically be what we want P. Will to be. Maybe not to the level we want to see P. Will at, but yeah. confident. Just take the shots. Get your body in the way. Get grab a few rebounds. Just do your job, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's quite interesting what you said there with the um, the whole pushing P will to be better. Um, I mean, it does feel like at this stage they're trying whatever it takes to to see what it is that triggers P will and finally lights that flame underneath him and gets him going. And I mean, this really does have the potential to do that. This is the first time, really there's been a legitimate four behind him, in line with him, ahead of him, whichever way you want to put him, um, that he's now going to have to compete for that spot. Okay, he has been dropped out of the starting lineup on a few occasions um, during his career with the Bulls, but it always felt like it was just a matter of time before he'd come back in again because it was it was never a legitimate four. Um, Torrey Craig is that. So now he's going to have to fight for his spot, you know, and, and I like that about Torrey Craig. I like that for P will. I like that for the team. Um, I like Torrey Craig from listening to him. Um, I didn't watch an awful lot of him um, before he came to the Bulls, little bits and pieces here and there, not, not too much. Um, but I mean, his reputation as a defender and as a, a two way is really good. Um Three and D guy, fantastic. And what he won't cause P will as a as competition, he may be there to impart his knowledge and what he has um, gained from different teams around the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully, with the two of those things, it will bring both P will and Tory Craig forward for this team and and strengthen us because. As we've said before, we are thin on the ground at the four and the five position. So at the very least, um, at least maybe if they have healthy seasons, the two of them, and the two of them manage to play all the way through, we could have quite a strong position there, even if it's a bit thin on the ground. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's one other thing, obviously, what he said, which I liked was, he can help like players like Demar Derozan by saying how he would defend them. Yes, um, obviously Demar say is you know top two in who has defended him. Yeah, you know. So to me, that's that's another a good good thing that he's going to bring is just that like you just said the experience from different teams. Yeah, how different you know. In the day that Suns team that is just is just left. You know, in the same way Javon Carter leaving books is the teams that have been up there, 
mm-hmm. and the, the teams that have been pushing for it. So the players on them teams have got a different mentality and they've got a different way of doing things. And I think right. that's what both Craig and Carter are both going to bring is that a different mentality, a different type of leadership to what Bulls have had. And it, mm-hmm. what we maybe tried to find in the past from somebody like Tristan Thompson, um, you know, Bev. <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of my sort of prediction for him, uh, personally, if he does everything we, we've just said, I think it's a low end B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But going off, I'm trying to sort of think of how Bulls Nation as a whole are going to see him. And I think it's just a C basically, because I mm-hmm. don't think that, again, it comes down to the eye test and box score watchers. I don't think they're going to fully appreciate what he has, unless you watch him, what he brings to the team, which is why I think, personally, low-end B, but I think what he will get is a C. So that's my sort of prediction on him. So you're going with a C? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to grade him higher than that really um especially when we haven't seen him playing in a bulls jersey yet uh i think he could be one of those types of players that does underwhelm unless you're watching a game kind of like an ac kind of a player and unless you're actually sitting there and, and judging him on the eye test instead of judging him on highlight reels or judging him on box scores um you're probably not going to give him a fair grade but it's pie in the sky at the moment. It's it's all you know, just guess guesswork. And yeah. I think I I agree with you. I think at this stage anyway, I go with a prediction of a C. Yeah. And the last one for today is Demar Derozan. At least this one we know what we're talking about with him. We've seen him play. <laughs> we know what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh... It doesn't make him any easier, though, does it? <laughs> no, I suppose not. He's a bit of an anomaly. <laughs> now, obviously, we've said time and time again, we absolutely love what Demar's done in his time. Yeah. You know, love him as a person, love him as a player, everything yeah. that he's brought to the team, and it's continued through the off season in you know trying to instill that sort of Mamba mentality into P. Will and stuff like that. Whether it works, you know. Still to be seen. You can't fault Demar for the work that he puts in. No. Um, the level of work he puts in. And obviously there's been a lot mentioned after sort of the last workout video I put out where people say, Well, I want to see him improve the three, I want to see him improve this, I want to see him, you know. He's going into what year 14, 15 in the league. Just because you're not seeing him doing it in a empty gym as everyone always says doesn't mean he's not doing it and he's actually come out and said himself you know he knows he needs to shoot more threes but it's just not part of his game mm-hmm. and it's like we've said before do you want to see him take them extra couple of steps back and miss a three or would you rather he's where he's used to be and hits a two right and you know, I'd rather end up with two points and no points yeah, and one of the things that we've talked about as well in the past in lines with that is 
he gets three points a different way because we know how accurate he is from the mid-range. You know, he, he doesn't just throw them up for fun. He, he hits them at a high clip. And then a lot of the time with those multiple pump fakes before he takes a shot, he tends to get to the stripe an awful lot. And he's a good free throw shooter. So I'd rather see him doing that and getting three points that way than taking those couple of steps back and perhaps jacking up a three that's not going to go in. Yeah. And, I mean, the frustrating thing with it for him, for me, is he can hit threes. Mm. We've seen that. Mm -hmm. And in clutch. Yeah. So he, he has got that, that range. But for me, he obviously feels more comfortable right. being inside the arc. And if he can put up 25 points a game average without hardly shooting threes, you know, let it continue, basically. Yeah. Um, obviously, the next question is, do you want to see him putting up 25 points? Because we've spoke about it before, the best version of Demar is where he's took that step back. Yes. And he's let back go off. And he becomes the San Antonio Demar where he's facilitating a lot more and distributing the ball a lot more. Yeah, well, I mean, he can still be that 20-point range shooter, you mm. know, it, but when it starts going up towards the 30-point mark as, as opposed to the 20-point mark, you've got to wonder, is he is he taking the ball out of Zach's hands or somebody else's hands that little bit too much? Especially, like, we've, we've said we don't mind DeMar taking the twos instead of the threes, but I don't want him to take so many twos that he's wasting opportunities for somebody else to shoot a three. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, we need more three-point volume shooting. That uh, this is a known fact. With what the, I think we were last place in threes um, so, taken, yeah. three three-point attempts. Um, so the the fact of the matter is, we've increased our three-point shooting. Zach w works on it. Kobe works on it, and then we have to bring in Carter and Craig, who are also three-point shooters. So. Demar needs to distribute the ball a little bit more, like you say, to the to the point you were making in San Antonio. Get the score line down to to closer to the twenty mark, and bring up the assist mark maybe a little bit more. Um, kick the ball out. Yeah, and um, I mean, I remember us saying before last season, we didn't want to see Demar be first year Demar. Mm -hmm. Um. I think we kind of did a little bit. Oh, we did while Zach was injured anyway. Yeah. Um, and then obviously DeMar picked up his own niggling little injury himself. Yeah. Now, for me, like you just said, having Tory Craig and Javon Carter there, hopefully we don't need to see year one DeMar. We don't yeah. need to see DeMar pushing for that 25 points because... We've had to see it for the last two seasons because there's nobody else there apart from Zach that was going to do it and Vooch every other night. So if we've got a couple more players who can easily put up 10 to 15 points on the roster, then, you know, and obviously players like Kobe coming through as well that hopefully can do it and hopefully P will start to put up more points. We don't need to see DeMar putting up 25 points, but no. we want to see him be the guy that's getting the ball 
to them guys to put up the extra points that he's not putting up. Yeah. And that, to me, wouldn't be a knock on Demar. In fact, I think people would appreciate it a lot more if Demar is facilitating them extra 10 points for somebody else rather than putting up maybe another seven or eight points himself. So, you know, I, I fully expect Demar is going to come out in the same way that Demar comes out all the time. Yeah. Uh, he is a he is a point scorer. That's that's his game, um, and it is hard to change, especially this far into his career. With it being a contract year for him as well, I think that spares him on that little bit more. Um, to probably, hopefully, it spares him on to change his game slightly, but I think it also spares him on to just be the Mad Rosen, basically. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think he wants to be in Chicago now. I think he, I think he enjoys being in Chicago. He enjoys what's going on, um, and what they've created, um, even though it needs a bit of tweaking. And uh, I think he'll want to stay in Chicago, and therefore he'll have a career year, hopefully, so that he can get that contract up. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess something that somebody will always say about Demar is, I want to see him improve on the defensive end. They say it about Zach. They say it about. I've even seen it seen about Kobe from the last video that I just put out about him. And it goes back to what I said about Caruso for me, is if it's not their game, you know, in terms, like I said with Caruso, if you want to see him improve offensively, you're going to take something away from him defensively. Yeah. And I think that's the same with DeMar. If you want to see him improve defensively, you're going to take away from what he does at the other end. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's probably a knock on them sort of players. Is they're not the complete two-way player that you want to see. But if you've got enough two-way players in the league on your roster, sorry, that you that can do it, you know, if Caruso can cover for Demar defensively and he's happy with that, allowing Demar to put up the points, then to me that kind of I don't think Demar is as bad a defender as what people make out. I think it's just he doesn't play that side of the game as hard as he plays the offensive end. We yeah. saw him last season start taking charges and just basically getting in the way. And then what happened? He picks up a niggly little injury. So what would you rather? Would you rather Caruso covers for him defensively, allowing DeMar to be out there doing what he does, or stop putting up as many points, get in the way of Yanis or someone like that and miss the next three, four games. Well, absolutely. I mean, we've said before, availability is an intangible statistic, but it's also one of the most important vital statistics that you can have. If a player isn't available to you, it doesn't matter how good they are. Do you know? Yeah. They have to be on the floor to affect the game. Yeah. So, obviously, I'd prefer him to be available than to be trying to do something that's maybe outside the parameter of his expertise. Yeah. So, I mean, prediction-wise for him, personally, I think it could be a high B. That's that's where I think he will be at the end of the year, from, from, from my grade anyway. But I'm going to just give him a B because I think that's where... Bulls Nation. I think certain parts of Bulls Nation have had enough of him now, mm-hmm. and they're, they're not going to appreciate the good he does because they're just going to say, "Well, the good he's doing is detrimental to the team." 
Um, basically, what he does, he takes away from Zach. By taking away from Zach, he's taking away from winning and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, personally, I think high end B, B plus, but I think grade wise, he'll end up with a B. So that's what I'm going to give him. Yeah, um, I have him marked down as a B. Um, but the thing is with DeMar, I mean, I don't think he'd drop as far as a C, but he could pretty much, he's capable of pretty much landing anywhere between a C plus and an A plus. <laughs> depending on what kind of year he has. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to go shoot for the middle. And, and I've, yeah, I had him marked as B. So. And to finish off, we're going to bring the answers from our previous trivia questions and give out the new ones. Now, mm-hmm. I jokingly said we're going to start calling it Troy Trivia because <laughs> it only seems to be Troy that gives us the answers. We have had a few people say... Can't you make the questions harder? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had some say, can you not make them easier? So, I, I, I don't know. We're just going to put them out. Yeah. <laughs> so, on the last one, my question was, uh, and I think this caught a few people out. Uh, Troy got it right. I know that much. Um, it caught a few people out. But what did Michael Jordan do to say goodbye to the old Chicago Stadium? And the answer was, he kissed the floor, basically. Yeah. And it was during, was it the Pippin charity match? That's correct, yeah. Pippin charity. It was during his first retirement, wasn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. Um, when he went off to play baseball, randomly. Um, yeah, he come back, he played that game, and he said it was basically, he hadn't had a chance to say bye to Chicago first time round, yeah. wasn't it? Over yeah. to Bulls first time round, and that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. So yeah, that was my question. Yeah, um, I think my question was the retirement, the jerseys, wasn't it? Yeah, the first yeah. three or something. So yeah, what were the first three jerseys that were retired by the Bulls? And that were Bob Love, Jerry Sloan, and Michael Jordan. Followed by Scotty Pippen. Followed by Scotty Pippen, yeah. Hopefully followed by. <laughs> Other shoulder, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting one, and it, it is one that's come up in a few different podcasts and stuff. I think it's something we can revisit in the future to discuss, you know, what qualifies for the jersey to go up and what players should be considered to be retired in the future, if any. Yes, and that leads me on to my question for this episode, and it is about that man there. Dennis Rodman. Mm -hmm. And the question is, why or how, however you want to word it, did he get the nickname The Worm? Mm -hmm. And if you really want to go into it, who gave him it as well? Ooh, deep cut. (laughs) Deep cut. (laughs) So that is, obviously, Dennis Rodman, why or how, and if you want to, who gave him the nickname The Worm? Very good. And my question for this episode is, how many division titles have the Chicago Bulls won? How many division titles have the Chicago Bulls won? So, yeah, uh, let us know in the comments, whether on, on YouTube, Twitter, wherever you, you see it. Um, hopefully more people will be able to answer them or yeah. decide to answer them. Um, and, yeah, that wraps up today's episode. 
we are hoping to be back with another one this week, um, possibly. And yeah, thanks for listening. Um, as Neil's just changed again, you know, check out USA Sports, our partner, for that fifteen percent off. And uh, thanks for listening. And as usual, I've been Matt, and you can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK. And you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And you can find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK on behalf of us both and the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. Whether you're watching or listening, please subscribe, rate and review and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. From Matt and myself, remember it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever you are in the world. So until next time, see you red people. Percolator. It's time for the percolator. Percolator.